The topic today is how devotees rise, so we could have the microphone rise. <laughs> I'm Nayaswami Ananta. This is Nayaswami Maria. Brother Sagar is going to give the talk today. I'd like to welcome you all. Thank you for coming. Now that we can come together, it's nice that you did come together. This is from Rays of the One Light um, by Swami Kriyananda. How devotees rise. Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. Last week, we asked the question, why do devotees fall? And we considered the downfall of Judas in this context. Jesus, in answer to Judas's criticism for allowing Mary to rub his feet with spikenard, a very costly ointment, said, The poor always ye have with you, but me ye have not always. Jesus is saying here that there is one supreme injustice that needs eradication. Poverty, yes, but not of a material kind. Poverty in a spiritual sense. Divine blessings are not common in this world. They are extraordinary. When they come, we should give them priority above every other consideration. Never allow a moment of inner joy, for instance, to be set aside for lesser duties. Divine attunement is our highest priority. As Lahiri Moshai, the guru of Yogananda's guru said, to listen to the heart's inner sound, Om, which issues from the very center of our being, is man's highest duty. Mary, on this occasion, was not communing in inner silence with Christ's spirit as she had been when Martha urged that she be reproached by Jesus for not helping out in the kitchen. Mary this time was serving outwardly, but in a very different spirit from the restless fussing for which Jesus had reprimanded her sister, Martha. Those who see a radical difference between the paths of action and meditation should understand this distinction. To serve in the right spirit is necessary, for only thereby can we overcome our karmic tendencies toward restless activity. The important thing is that that spirit be always inwardly focused, that in everything we do, we act in loving service to the Lord. Therefore, the Bhagavad Gita says in the third chapter, the state of freedom from action, that is, of eternal rest in the spirit, cannot be achieved without action. No one, by mere renunciation and outward non-involvement, can attain perfection. Whenever the Spirit of God depend, descends upon you, however, remember the words of Jesus, Me ye have not always with you. Thus, through Holy Scripture, God has spoken to mankind. Oh, oh, oh. Hi everyone, it's nice to see people in person.
I have been become used to not having people smile at me or look at me, and uh, it's nice to have a change. And today's topic, uh, how devotees rise. I'm going to read a little bit from whispers, sort of, and generally we do it right at the start. But I'll take a minute before I set the context. Because as you'll see, I don't have whispers with me. Uh, what I wanted to say was, Swamiji often in his uh, sharings, the weekly readings, he gives us the answers when he asks us the questions. And you know, in this one, how devotees rise, I think we all know the answer. And Swamiji reiterates it for us. Divine blessings are not common in this world. They are extraordinary. When they come, we should give them priority about, above every other consideration. And this is how devotees rise, by giving priority to divine blessings above all considerations. And later, he ends with that same line. Whenever the Spirit of God descends upon you, however, remember the words of Jesus. Me ye have not always with you. And we know that the Spirit of God has descended on us in the form of our Guru. When we received the blessing of having a guru, a self-realized soul whose only purpose is to take us to that same state of self-realization that he enjoys or she enjoys. In this case, Paramans Yogananda in this particular lifetime came as a he, so as he enjoys. And our job is to prioritize commitment, attunement to that blessing to the sort of exclusion, and by exclusion, these things have to be understood correctly. It does not mean shirking responsibilities, but remembering that that's where we live our life from. Now, because we can't speak yet, you know, there's still certain guidelines in place, rightly so. Uh, I might ask people to do a show of hands now and then, because that's allowed. And so, the reason I'm going to ask for a show of hands now is, None of this is breaking new ground. I think everybody who came here knew that we need to prioritize our spiritual commitments first. We need to prioritize the guru-disciple relationship first. And as long as we do that, we will rise into eternal freedom. Do we all know this? We do. So the question becomes, how do we do it? And how do we ensure we are doing it? And what I'm going to read today was in the whispers for some time, even during Master's, when Master was in his physical body. But then it wasn't, and that's all right. But this is called the Renunciate's Valiant Wow. And he had, this is a big wow, he had many of his monks and Renunciate disciples take it. But there are always certain excerpts that are universally applicable. And there is one sentence there, I'll read it now, and you'll see that to me at least, it was, it stood out because I didn't expect it in a renunciate's vow. So let me read this vow for you. And like I said, this is only a part. The renunciate's valiant vow to be taken by those who'd give up everything to become free, spiritually free. My body, mind and soul come from thee, O Lord, and unto thee I dedicate them. Let my inspiration be to carry out thy will gladly. I will reason, I will will, I will act, but guide thou my reason, will, and activity to the right path in every action. To please thee I will act, but not for my own desires. In carrying out thy wishes I will be ambitious, 
My hands will work for thee only. My feet will march unceasingly toward thy kingdom. My brain will work thy problems alone. My heart will love thee alone. My soul will become thy spirit. And there is one line there. In carrying out thy wishes, I will be ambitious. And when I read that, I said, wait a minute, ambition? In a renunciate's wow? The definition of renunciation is to give up. And isn't ambition the first thing you are supposed to give up? You know, you're renouncing everything to become self-realized. And then it says, in carrying out thy wishes, I will be ambitious. And I'm so happy that, you know, the great ones come again and again to challenge our understanding of the spiritual path. Because otherwise, we make the spiritual path in our image. You know, as the Bible says, we are made in the image of God. But how often do we make God in our image? If we don't do something, God will be angry. You don't want to face the wrath of God. Let me put the fear of God within you. God might judge us if something happens. And I, when I think about it and you know these things, I say, well, if God has anger, he has likes and dislikes, he has wrath, he judges people, he needs to take lessons in meditation. And he needs to, you know, read the autobiography of a yogi and receive Kriya Yoga and control his reactive process so that one day he becomes self-realized. But the point is, we make God in our image and we can very easily, without realizing it, make the spiritual path in our image. So, in carrying out thy wishes, I'll be ambitious. And Yogananda explains this a little further in a section of his writings called how to prevent reincarnation. Now, that's a whole different thing. You know, the world generally would be very happy to know you can come again. The yogis are an exclusion. They don't want to come again, which is why in the Gita it says, what's day to the ordinary man is night to the yogi and vice versa. But in here, because I was reading this, we have a course on karma and reincarnation coming up. And so I was preparing for it. So Yogananda explains what ambition on behalf of the divine means. He says, if you act with greed or selfishness and die with unfulfilled desire, you'll have to come back to earth to fulfill that desire. This does not mean that you must be without ambition. The lazy, negligent person isn't ambitious to please God by good actions on earth. And so he has to come back until he learns to work with the one purpose of pleasing God. The egotist who works only to please himself becomes involved in an endless net of desires from which he can extricate himself only after many incarnations. Therefore, you must not be idle, absent-minded, or egotistically ambitious, but you should be divinely ambitious to work and play on earth with the right attitude of mind as the divine director wishes you to do. And I want to be careful here because if some pages fly off, I'll never find them. So, um, and in this particular book, uh, which is a series of letters that Yogananda wrote to his most advanced disciple, Rajarshi Janakananda, he mentions this again and again. I'll read one instance now and Probably, I'll read another instance as we close this uh, talk. And this is a letter that Yogananda wrote from India, Ranchi, January 5, 1936. Special date, January 5. And he says, 
so must you remain immersed in your business ventures and do everything, all your duties, with ever-increasing ambition to perform them extremely well, without ever caring if you meet resistance or temporary failure on your path. First, find what the divine duties are, then use your own ambition to accomplish them, asking God all the time to guide your creative effort and will to perform them as the divine wishes. And so, you know, what is the purpose of a guru and how does this ambition fit in? I want to share a story uh, because I don't see Bhaktan here. He likes stories. He then cuts them out of the talk and he can share on YouTube, which is really nice. I enjoy reading those stories also. There he is. So want to make him happy. Uh, and this is a fun story. I, I learned this story. Uh, I heard this story rather in India and supposedly it's from the life of a saint called Keshav Das. And by definition, being a saint means you are aware of all levels of realities. So he was aware of life form, life force, in all aspects of creation, even stones. One day he was walking toward a well-known temple, you know, to perform, offer his worship. And as he was walking there, first he saw these huge boulders, and he could see life force throbbing in them. And so he says, what are you guys doing here? He says, well, we are just hanging out here. There were some sculptors who came by and said, can we take you guys because we need to build this temple. And we said, don't bother us. We are happy where we are. So we are here. So Keshav Das said, all right. And then he walked on. And then he was looking at the road. There were some stones there, uh, which made the foundation of the road. And he asked, what are you guys doing here? Well, we were with those same guys who you were talking to right at the start. Then the sculptor came and said, well, we need you to uh, make this temple. Can we take you? We said, yes. But after three or four hits with that chisel, we said, stop. We don't want to sign up for this. So he said, well, in your current shape, you, you know, you'll fit right here. Uh, so he put us in this foundation of this road. By the way, if I can have the water, that would be great. Uh, thanks. Uh, and then he said, he kept walking. And then he came to the outer courtyard of the temple itself. And he saw better paved stones and says, what are you guys doing here? Says, well, we started, we all started at the same place. But we allowed the sculptor to chisel us out for a longer time. But eventually, we too felt it was too much. <laughs> and so he said, okay, right now you are fit to be here. Perfect place for you. And so we are in the outer courtyards of the temple. Then he started walking up the stairs. And he looked at the stones that made the stairs and said, what are you guys doing here? So same story, but we allowed the sculptor to work on us for a little longer. And so, but when we said stop, he said, all right, right now you are perfect for these set of stairs. You know, you've been flattened out, you are all smooth. And then finally he went into the inner courtyard and he saw those beautiful pillars of stone. And he asked, well, how did you become so beautiful? Oh, we started the same place as everybody else. And we said, keep sculpting us. But after some time, it really became too much. And we said, OK, we are happy where we are. And he said, well, you are beautiful. You will make beautiful columns and pillars for this temple. And finally, he reached the murti, which was made of stone also. And he asked the murti, which is alive. The definition of murti is living embodiment of spirit. That's why it's not a statue. It's not an idol. A murti is different. 
And he says, what's your story? And he says, well, I started the same place as everybody else. And when the sculptor came, I said, chisel away. It might be difficult, but I'll never say stop. And even if I say stop, chisel away. And I realized this is what he did to me, made in the image of God. You know, and so now the reason for this story is, and how do we tie this in with ambition on behalf of the divine? How many of us, this is a show of hands question, and it's not a trick question, so everybody is supposed to raise their hands. Uh, how many of us want to be like that Murti who never says to our guru, the sculptor, stop? How many of us want to say, keep chiseling us until we are self-realized? Now here's the hypothesis. If we have stopped being ambitious on behalf of the guru, we have unknowingly said stop. We have unknowingly said go slow. Saying stop to the guru is subtle. We never know when we've done it. Do you think Judas knew at the point he was slipping that he's slipping? You know, Master once told Swami Kriyananda, apart from Saint Lin, whose letters we are reading, all men have disappointed me. Do you think those men knew and knowingly were disappointing their guru? It's subtle. But the reason, as Swamiji explained, were they weren't ambitious to carry out the guru's wishes. You have to go all out. And that's why. Now, Sunday services are not correctives, but they are supposed to also be a serious reminder of why we are here. What's the purpose Swami Kriyananda created Ananda Village? What's the place you sign on, the dotted line, when you become a member of this great community? In carrying out thy wishes, I will be ambitious. That's the only way to justify living here. And there are so many here who have been ambitious. If Master hadn't been ambitious on behalf of God, where would we be? If Swamiji had not been ambitious on behalf of his guru, where would we be? And if so many here, with the gardens, with the roads, the temple, the housing, all the communities, the publications, it's a story of being, Ananda is the story of those who have been divinely ambitious in carrying out our guru's wishes. And that's the tradition you and I want to continue. We don't want to forget this even for a day. And I suggest this is a really good practice. Every morning when you get up, just get up with this affirmation. In carrying out thy wishes, I'll be ambitious. You know, and see how your day changes. When you plan your year or your week or your routine, Start with this affirmation. In carrying out thy wishes, I'll be ambitious. Now, ambition means inner ambition and outer ambition. Because that's what this particular uh, excerpt talks about, this talk. It says it's not enough to serve outwardly. It's not enough to just meditate. We have to learn the balance. And how do we become in ambitious with our inner life, our spiritual lives? Well, see what the Guru's wishes are for us. At least a Jeevan Mukta. So in care, it doesn't matter whether you want to be a Jeevan Mukta or not. Just be ambitious and do it. 108 Kriyas twice a day. Well, just do it. It doesn't matter. You don't have to do it well. Get into the groove. Sometimes at least. 
meditations when you feel you are going to meditate and it's well i don't feel like meditating just say in carrying out thy wishes i'll be ambitious just meditate deeply anyway and same with your seclusions well i don't know if i love seclusions or not who cares in carrying out thy wishes i will be ambitious that's how we cut through the ego all these likes and dislikes and all the other things just say in carrying out thy wishes i will be ambitious outer ambition same thing taking care of our responsibilities as he said to rajesh is not excluded from uh, serving the guru so family responsibilities finances helping this work grow all of this is included and we need to do this ambitiously it's not enough to just do it and as we do that automatically the possibility of slipping and you know not being in tune with the guru or subconsciously saying to the guru stop sculpting me falls away because we are ambitiously in tune with the guru's wishes and the more we do that the more we become free and the more beautiful we become just like that murti the more complete we become and we realize we are made in the image of god so you know this reminds me i was reading one of winston churchill's speeches and this one he gave many great speeches great orator and uh, one of them was called we shall fight on the beaches you know and this was when um, britain didn't have anything and they were getting pounded by these uh, uh, the luftwaffe which is the air force of the nazi germany and they didn't know if they would survive and as you know some of you who are history buffs have uh, heard that speech and he says we shall fight on the beaches we shall fight on the rooftops we shall fight on the hills we shall fight on the landing grounds we shall never give up we shall never surrender and then he keeps on going we shall fight here fight there everywhere and everybody is impressed you know because he's stirring people's courage but what i remember also is something i read on wikipedia and i want to read this to you after everybody clapped and he sat down it is said that immediately after giving the speech churchill muttered to a colleague and we'll fight them with the butt ends of broken beer bottles because that's bloody well all we've got <laughs> they had no weapons see fdr hadn't started the lend lease program which gave weapons to the uk but that's the spirit whatever we have there's no plan b there's no surrender there's no option except to carry out our guru's wishes ambitiously and to do that we need somebody now the spiritual path is not easy we all know that it's hard to always be upbeat cheerful energetic and think the worlds are oyster and so we all need support you know it's like whitewashing a fence it's not easy it's work how many of you have heard the story of tom sawyer and the whitewashing of the fence i always said when i come to america i'm going to mention this story because in india nobody knows the story so but that's the purpose of tom sawyers we need to find our tom sawyers you know paramahansa yogananda was one such the spiritual path is not easy but he made it attractive he made it 
made us enthusiastic, Swami Kriyananda. Without him, how many people would have gone to different countries and opened up colonies, uh, established departments, you know, made this place work? Not many. So we all need our Tom Sawyers, which is why the importance of a community. If you go it alone, it's hard. And I know there's an audience watching online, so I'm not saying to those who are already here. But uh, we need that support and we need to find people around us who will give us that support. Should you come live in a community? Well, you, you know, it's, there's many ways to approach it. Maybe not, is it my dharma, is it my karma? And I dislike those two words, frankly, as a disciple, dharma and karma, because they are so hard to know. And I've seen people say X is my karma or Y is my dharma and go and end up somewhere. And I wondered how can this be their dharma? And so I like something simple. In carrying out the guru's wishes, I'll be ambitious. Same with living in a community. Don't think about your dharma and karma and all those things. Is it the guru's wish for you? And carry it out and you'll see everything falls into place. Last Sunday, Nayaswami Jyotish, he ended with a verse from the Bhagavad Gita, you know, where Krishna says, Now I reveal to you the, my supreme word, the most secret and sacred of all. And he says, worship me alone, bow down to me, make me your only refuge. You know, one-pointed concentration. But there's one more verse right after it. He says, forsaking all dharmas, take refuge in me alone. I will free you from whatever mess comes out of forsaking. You know, the Gita doesn't say mess. You know, it's a formal scripture. But in, in summary, that's what it says. I'll free you from everything else. And that's what saves us. Otherwise, life is really complicated. There's so many things to do. Should I do this? Should I do that? Maybe this is what I'm supposed to do. Maybe I'm supposed to be a teacher. Maybe I'm supposed to be an astronaut. I'm supposed to be a social worker. I'm supposed to take care of all alleviating all poverties, which Swamiji refers here. But when we become a disciple, life becomes simple. If we so choose in carrying out thy wishes, I'll be ambitious. So what I want to do is I want us to do this valiant vow together and we'll do it silently unless you are uh, online. If we weren't doing it silently, you know, we do it with so much power that would blow this shade tarp away and then Atman would not be happy probably. But, but turn the volume of your willpower mentally on, full, full throttle as they say. And like I said, before we do that, I want to read one more letter from Paramahansa Yogananda. Now, this one was written to Rajarshi uh, from Bombay, June 17. We live only to please God. We wish nothing but day and night to seek ambitiously to do what God and the Great Ones wish. Any anxiety I show in any direction is because of the Divine's promptings. And now this is so sweet because it's such a simple formula for devotees to rise. I am in tune with the masters. This is Paramahansa Yogananda speaking. I am in tune with the masters. The masters are in tune with God. And you, being in tune with me, are in tune with the masters and God. That is the way it works. Those who understand this secret never break this law. And uninterruptedly and easily 
reach the goal through the invisible leading hand of their guru guide. Others doubt and fall in the ditch of spiritual inertia. Prepare yourself day and night, increasing the wealth of your joy, awakening souls in the light of your joy, and renouncing all for God. With all my love to you, with deepest love ever yours, Paramahansa Yogananda. So let's close our eyes now and feel that intense commitment, which we all have, even those watching online. And we are going to reinforce that commitment with this uh, valiant vow. The word valiant is important. It's not courage. It's courage when used in the sense of doing something for a higher purpose. There is a sort of sacrifice involved. That's why bungee jumping, scuba diving, rock climbing, these are courageous. They need courage. They are not valiant acts. Valiant, valiant acts have sacrifice uh, included in them. So let's do this together. My body, mind, and soul come from thee, O God, and unto thee I dedicate them. Let my inspiration be to carry out thy will gladly. I will reason, I will will, I will act. But guide thou my reason, will, and activity to the right path in every action. To please thee I will act, but not for my own desires. In carrying out thy wishes, I will be ambitious. In carrying out thy wishes, I will be ambitious. In carrying out thy wishes, I will be ambitious. My hands will work for thee alone. My feet will march unceasingly toward thy kingdom. My brain will work thy problems alone. My heart will love thee alone. My soul will become thy spirit. And so we'll have this song in the offertory, which talks about the importance of community in making all this happen. Thank you all. All join hands together. Life on earth is so wonderful when people laugh and dance and struggle as friends. Then all their dreams achieve their ends. Many hands make a miracle. People climbing together. Soon we reach to the pinnacle of every mountain peak. We hazard as one. We'll lift our hands to welcome the sun. Many hands make a miracle. Let's all join hands together. Life on earth is so wonderful. When people laugh and dance and struggle as friends, then all their dreams achieve their ends. Many hands make a miracle. People climbing together, soon we reach to the pinnacle of every mountain peak. We hazard as one, we lift our hands to welcome the sun, we lift our hands to welcome the sun.